All right, I've been going back and forth on what specifically I want to talk about in my first episode. There are so many things I can touch on. There's so many things that kind of sit in the back of my mind, um, trauma-wise, that kind of bother me that I want to speak to. But I think for this first episode, I'm going to go super deep and talk to you guys specifically about the three different times I thought about taking my own life, which is, this conversation isn't to be taken lightly. I just don't share it that often. So I think this kind of good conversation for the first episode. I also want to speak to the name of my my podcast, Discomfort. I call it Discomfort because I was watching a comedian or another podcast and they were saying how they're just always so uncomfortable in their own bodies at all times because there's so much stuff they're working through no matter what environment. They just cannot feel comfortable in their own skin and I, I feel like that speaks to me to a T. I don't think I've ever felt fully comfortable in my entire life. Just the way I grew up and the different environments I was kind of put in, I just, I always had to adapt. Um, it was all about surviving and I just never really kind of felt comfortable. And so I think with the coronavirus being, you know, taken away from my everyday life for so long, kind of just having this chance to sit with myself and really reflect. I've gone to therapy before and I had to kind of stop it abruptly, but having this time to really sit here and work through a lot of stuff and really be thinking about things has been so helpful. But so that's why it's called discomfort because I'm in a constant state of discomfort at all times. But a little background knowledge about me and I'll go deeper into these things in later episodes but little background so a lot of my trouble comes specifically from my dad my stepdad and kind of situations that have arose from that and disclaimer like anyone I talk about I I don't feel any hatred for anymore so I don't hate my dad anymore. I don't hate my stepdad. I don't hate my step-siblings. Anything like that. I've grown a lot to be able to say that now. Because there was so much bitterness and hatred towards them in the past. But I've grown. And they're just sad individuals. You know, as I mature, I realized like, there was a lot going on in their lives. A lot of stuff they were dealing with. And, you know, I was just kind of there when they were figuring that out. But... So my dad, 6'7", huge guy. Like, he's a big, big man. Um, He's bipolar, um, borderline personality disorder, also an alcoholic. So when you're putting all those things in the mix, it's pretty dang scary. And then my stepdad, awesome at first. I realize now there are a lot of things going on behind the scenes that I didn't know about. But I get along with him well. We were really close. I moved from St. Louis to Kansas City, and we moved in with him, some of my step-siblings at the time, and it was good for a little while. Again, a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Something happened in his life personally, and I kind of switch was flipped, and then things weren't so great anymore, and he became an alcoholic. So I have these two men in my life that I'm supposed to look up to that, you know, end up being 
psychologically, emotionally, verbally abusive. And that's just stuff that I'm like working on getting over to this day. So a big part of me is that abuse from those two men in my life. Um, But I got to say, I dealt with a lot of crap from them and I'm still dealing with it. And for the longest time, I hated men, (laughs) like any men in a position of power. Like I just was like so much hatred for, but I got to give it up to God because he's put so like different stages of my life when I needed them. There were some like one of my basketball coaches, coach G, bam, like put in my life. He saw me, he believed in me, he made a difference. And then, you know, one of my bosses in high school my boss now, like, it kind of gets, it kind of gets me the chills a little bit, because if it wasn't for them, I, I don't know, but, so, past abuse, working through that a lot, and then there are just these integral little pieces I'm still working through and figuring out, like, how it happened, like, I had an eating disorder throughout high school, super, super skinny, really, very odd perception on on food and calories and I was just very strict with what I ate and I was just very underweight and then I ended up getting a scholarship to go D1 and that helped me kind of fix my perception of food so again God put something in my life to kind of help me flip the switch a little bit but still my main focus wasn't self-care like wasn't good it's just like focus on something else and I know I'm being confusing right now, but I think with these episodes, I'm just going to talk through some stuff and <laughs> that's just how it's going to be. But anywho, so dad's big, scary, abusive, always on eggshells with him because with borderline personality disorder, it could be great. And then it's like terrifying in, in the snap of an instant. But I, I work well with my dad. I, I, like I know, I know how to keep him in a good mood. My younger sister, on the other hand, it wasn't as easy, and so I really, I felt like I took on this role of being her caretaker as well, because me and my dad, we'd get along. He didn't work as well with my younger sister, so a lot of things would happen, and I kind of had to keep the peace and make sure things would be okay. Also, with my dad, he exposed us, my younger sister and I, to a lot of things at an early age that bothers me a lot to this day the things he would watch in front of us and not pay any mind to it it was a lot of a lot of vulgar things a lot of very inappropriate videos and stuff like that and I just I just don't I don't understand what was going through his mind and I think that's something that weighs my heart a lot is that I was exposed to so much so young and he didn't think anything about it but it, it, it's it has scarred me for the rest of my life but that's for another episode. Um, but, and then with my, my stepdad, you know, just being so close to him, then things changed and seeing I treated my mom and my sisters and me and just having kind of a house divided at one point, but we can't leave because we can't afford to move somewhere else yet. So it's just coming home to these environments. And then, you know, my stepbrother wasn't the greatest. Like both of, he also paid no mind to what I was being exposed to either and he was doing a lot of stuff and then my older stepsister wasn't very nice and then I had two younger ones and I was just kind of I'm kind of stuck in the middle you know I'm in the middle child now my two sisters but with my other step siblings it was three younger 
three older and I literally had I had no idea like what I was supposed to do because I didn't really fit in with either or they were so much older and they were so much younger that I was just kind of stuck in between I literally had no one and as I look back now and I, I get to high school I literally had no idea who I was so I, I joined every single club. I did every single thing you could do to try and figure out who I was, I like, guess, an individual, which led to me just putting my identity in things that I did. So again, we're in this cycle of just, you know, out of one situation, I'm into another, and I'm never finding any, um, any solace or common ground. <laughs> I found out, too, that I'm an achiever. That's my Enneagram. So that it makes it worse with me putting my identity in things that I do. Um... So, so growing up, okay, I'll, I'll start from the beginning. So growing up, lived in St. Louis until the second grade. And that's when a lot of the stuff happened with my dad, because that, that's when I saw him most. Then we moved to St. Louis, didn't see my dad for the longest time. He blamed me, f- me and my sister for moving, never wanted to see us, never made an attempt. And so that was just an odd situation to be trying to battle through. You know, your dad never reaching out or caring. And he, he's a big gaslighter. He'll never, he'll never take responsibility for anything that he's done to me and my sisters. And that's just something I've come to terms with. And I just choose not to deal with him. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen him in four or five years. Like, I, he just, I don't know. He's a complex man himself. But we moved to Kansas City. It's decent for those two years, a couple years or whatever. Then my stepdad... He becomes an alcoholic and the abuse kind of just continues. So I'm dealing with abuse from my dad, abuse from him. And I wanted more than anything for my dad to wake up one day and just be like, hey, like, are you okay up there? Like, is everything good? Silly me for thinking that was ever going to happen. But I just always thought he was going to save me. So that's something I, I wrestle with a lot too. But we finally got to a place where we could move. And so my mom, my sisters, and I moved to... So apartments across town and we were living there and I was 15 around the time or 14, but like we, we didn't have enough money. So my mom's working. We all got jobs. We're doing what we got to do. So that's, it's just always been about survival to the next thing. And so starting then I got a job and paid for literally everything like I do now. And that's, that's not anything. It's my mom or anything. It's just to show that I've been <laughs> working my ass off for so long to survive um, I got really, uh, this kind of moves in to the first time I got really depressed. So like this whole time I'm, I had a relationship with God and that, that's a big part about me. I know not everyone maybe listening has that kind of relationship. That's just a big part of my story. So I, I had my kind of first revelation with God, you know, like I was at church camp in the sixth grade and I was like, ah, oh, like, you know, this is great. Like, I don't know. I just found God per se. I'm not using the right terminology, but I had a moment at church camp. And I was like, okay. So I kind of, you know, officially kind of give my life to God per se, kind of rambling at this point. But so I found God. And so, but my relationship was so warped is what I'm trying to say is like, I wasn't fully transparent with him when I'm praying. I'm like, Hey, like, I don't know. I I thanked him for giving me all these struggles because I don't know how anyone else could handle them. And it's just like, I never really came to him with all this pain that I was feeling. I was like, you know, thank you for not giving this to somebody else. Or I'm like, hey, it could have been way worse for me. And so that's just kind of how things started twisting with my mental health. I was like, I could be way worse and I'm just not dealing with it. 
like with the thing with surviving you, you don't you don't think about what's just been done to you you don't you don't think about these horrid situations you're like ugh, you know gotta keep going like you just don't have time to think about it so that's why I struggle with a lot is just being still and thinking like shit that was fucking that was weird that was horrible I didn't like that at all but I didn't have time to think about it at the time so <laughs> that's why I've kept myself so busy up until now but so um we move, I get a job, we're working, we're working, and my mom loved basketball. And I loved basketball, I really did. But I don't know, I had like sports performance, like like anxiety when I was out there, and you know, I was good when I like just went out to play, but I was always so stressed out. And then I just had finances in the back of my mind, and I was like, I don't know how on earth, you know. I'm gonna go to college, stuff like this. I, I don't know what my thinking was. I was just always so scared on the court and I just just never, I think, played to my full potential. But that just, that caused a lot in me because, you know, to a point, there's one season I thought I was pretty good. Like I really was giving it my all and playing hard and no matter what, no matter how loud, you know, how great I was, I just felt like I was never being seen. And, and that's something I did in high school is like, I made myself up to be some clown, overly positive, hype, hype person just so I could be seen and no one could write me off. It's like I went being invisible for so long, I went the exact opposite and just went crazy and never showed any sign of like sadness or pain. Like no one had any idea what, you know, I'm experiencing in my home life. I'm just like, no, like I gotta be some presence that they can't write off, you know, which they still did and you know I just ruined my mental health for that period of time but with basketball I was just like loved it so much and I just wanted to be so good and just things weren't matching up and I was just putting so much of my identity in basketball that I just came to a point after one game and I've been it's like the, there's one like this day I think about all the time is I haven't told people for like a month I was like hey like I didn't know how to flat out say, I'm depressed. I am so freaking sad. I was so numb. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, this is so odd. Like, no one had talked about mental health with me before. At this point, it was my, um, it was my sophomore, junior year. Like, that just wasn't a conversation to be had. So I just kept saying, oh, I think I'm seasonally depressed. Because it was like the middle of basketball scene in the winter. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, but that, that was me trying to voice, hey, something's not right. But no one's really picking it up. And I'm like, oh God, like no one sees me. Like I'm trying to say something. I'm trying to say I'm sad. I'm trying to say I don't know what's going on right now. And no one's really kind of picking up what I'm putting down. It was after one game. You know, I was just getting, the coach had said something. My mom was confused or something. Like I just didn't do good. And everyone was like really confused about it. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I get to the point now. I was always like, oh, I'm just so tired. I just get like so mentally, physically depleted and fatigued, like, with my depression, I just, like, wasn't getting that, I was, like, out there, I was, like, I want to be playing more than anything right now, but I can't get back and forth, like, it was just bad, I remember sitting on my bed, after I tried talking to my mom, but nothing against my mom, I wasn't, at that point, I wasn't making sense to myself either, really vocalizing, hey, like, there was a problem, because I didn't know, and I sat in there on my bed, and I was just, like, I couldn't feel a damn thing, I was just laying there, I was, like, this sucks, like, I saw literally no future ahead of me. I was like, I'm not doing it in basketball. I just, like, I could not see a silver lining at any point. And I was like, I don't. At this point, it was like, 
I don't remember if I was like, I think I, I want to end it. Like, I, I just don't want to do this anymore. Or it's like, I think at that point, it was like, I just need to feel something in general. And so that's when I was like, I didn't want to cut myself on my wrist because I didn't want people to see it. Because I felt like, I don't know what I was thinking. Honestly. At this point, it was just so wild. So I went to the kitchen and I tried cutting myself on my hip. I was like, this is it. Like, this is, I'm going to feel something. No one's going to know. I'm going to figure it out myself. And honestly, after that, it just, I don't remember how I handled it or if I told my mom then or what. I just know, like, that's a point, like, the first point in my life where I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, that was the, one of the lowest points in my life. I remember, I, th- I think after that point, I remember I was like, once this season's done, I'm out. I can't do it anymore. Um... And so that always sticks with me. But I remember I was like, I can't do this anymore. I've got to, I got to make a change. And I voiced this, I think, with one kind of trusted person. Um, and it was kind of nice to share the story. So someone wasn't like, oh, she just quit. Or like, someone just knew the full story. Again, I, I, speaking on that, I, my whole life, I just wanted to be fully known. The people to fully understand me. But no one knows the full story about anything. So I don't know how that's supposed to happen. But that person knew which helped me a little bit and just knowing that in the background I had some support but yeah after taking the knife to my hip I was like what is going on right now and so I ended basketball but before I officially ended that season that's when I got recruited to go D1 for another sport and again that's what I was talking about earlier I was like oh like I have something to work towards now so I kind of worked in I was like hey this is something, like, it kept my mind on something else to work towards, I, I gained all my weight back, like, I became a stronger version of myself, and then it kind of transcends, and we'll keep talking, but, so, I ended basketball, joined some other clubs, a really cool organization through Kansas City, like, a, a women's leadership thing, I mean, I was, I was really taking my life somewhere else, I joined some other sports, I was on the up and up. I was like, okay. But I never really, like, handled my mental health. Never really did anything that was beneficial. Um, so that's the first the first time. My first darkest moment is cutting my hip and just being so numb and not knowing anything that was going on. Second time, I get... I'm in college. My freshman year, I just got injured um, from the sport. I had degenerative disc disease and some other stuff was going on. That's another story in itself. Um... But I just remember, um, I went to the doctor, and I got a lot of tests done, and some, some wicked ones on my legs, and that, that I hit a little, pretty, pretty low point, but I, I couldn't walk. I mean, I was being pushed to the point where I was like, I've never felt so much pain in my entire life, but I couldn't walk. I just got to the doctor, and I've been going to therapy at this point, so I mean, there's just a lot going on mentally. And I'd go to the therapy every Friday for like two or three months. And we'd be, this is the first time we, I started talking mental health and talking through my past and stuff. So I was in some low, low places. But it was like this, this week span of just being like, I don't know what's, what's going on. Like I just got so numb, so tired. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I was being told nothing's wrong with my back, which I found out stuff was actually wrong with my back. But I'm, you know, I have to, you know, hurry from these doctor's offices and take these exams and go to class and act like everything's okay. I'm like, I, I can't walk. I'm in so much pain. And I just remember like laying there in bed and that's, 
that's what scares me because I just kept telling my mom, I was like, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm good. I kept telling everybody, you know, I'm good, but I'm just laying there. And that's the first time where I was like, I wanted, I, uh, I, my thinking was, I was like, if I just take all of these pills over here and I just lay here, then I'm going to be okay. And I think that's, uh, it makes me so sad thinking about it. I was just laying there and I'm like, this, this is it. Like they're, they're, I can't do this anymore. And I remember I was like, no, like I need to get out of bed. I need to do something. And there's something on campus. Like at this point, in my freshman year, I was taking pictures all the time, like posting on my Instagram, just trying to get all this approval from people. And I was like, oh, there's this cool photo booth thing at my campus union. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to take my picture and post it. And I'm going to send it to my mom and I'm going to show her everything's okay. And I remember walking to campus. I'm like, I don't know why I'm so sad right now. I was like, I just don't get it. And um, I was like, I've been worse before. Like in high school, I felt way worse than this. You know, my life isn't that bad right now. I'm like, I just, I'm like, why do I feel this bad at this moment? I just couldn't put my finger on it. And I was like, my mom wasn't answering the phone. Or like someone wasn't like picking up. And I was like, I don't know. I think this is going to be the day. Like I was out and about. I was like, I can't do this. Like, no one was smiling at me. It was, like, so weird. It's really... And that's when people say, like, a smile could literally, like, change your life. That that on that day, I can I can say, like, someone literally looking at me and seeing me saved my life. I went to the union, and it was one of my sorority sisters, but I never really told her about this. But I was, like, I, like, bought a shirt, and I went to go take this picture, and she was there. Like, cause I was, like, just so out of it and I was so like I, I couldn't really talk to people I was just being real odd and she came up and she like help me take this picture and just gave me something to I don't know that just I like thank god that he put her there in that situation because I don't know how it helped me the way it did but just having someone there see me help me it, it got me through but it's also weird to think about because in that same kind of couple days span where I was like I can't do this anymore my family came up for the weekend, I uh, and I did this, my first audition to be a reporter for the job I have now, and I was like, I was so underprepared because I couldn't mentally, I was dealing with doctor stuff, and I couldn't mentally, like, get my stuff together, and I went to the interview, and I just did, like, absolutely terrible, but I, I was just, like, just so numb about it, I was like, you know, it is what it is. But I, fe- I felt so bad. And it's just crazy to think about that day and like walking into work and no one had any idea like how sad I was that day and like how disappointed I was to be, you know, showing up with that as, as my audition. Like it just sucks. But, you know, I, I applied again this last year and I got it. And so the job I have now means more to me than anyone would ever understand because to think about how, where I was with that first interview how much work I put in on myself mentally and just for that job in general to go back and get it. It just, it means a lot to me. But so that was kind of like the second time where I'm like, I I can't do this. Like I'm going to end it like just such a dark place. So I was like one in high school, one when it gets to college. And literally the third time was like four days ago. I woke up and you know, there's so much going on with the news. Like with, with the virus, um, with the coronavirus and with, all, all this wrong being done and injustice. And, and, and I just, I just the, again, I was just to this point, I was like, there's, there's no good right now. I'm losing all hope. I wake up 
And I'm just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with myself. Like, what is my purpose now? The, the world just seems flips upside down. And I was just like, I don't know. And I just woke up just feeling so low, so sad. And I was like sitting at the pool. I was like calling my mom. I was like, I don't know. I didn't really want to tell her how bad it was. I was like, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. And she kind of helped me out. I was like, it's okay. Not be okay. We're talking through. I was like, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll be good. You know, I think I'm going to be okay. I'm just sitting here. And I get in the pool. I'm just sitting there. I'm like thinking about it. I was like, you know, how bad would it be? if I killed myself today and I'm like what the what the hell's going on you know it's like again I'm like why am I so sad at this moment and I'm literally looking around all these people I'm like thinking of different ways to kill myself and I'm like and that that's at this point I'm like starting to have this epiphany I was like I can't be quiet because when I'm sitting here and I'm just keeping my thoughts in my head like that's no good for anyone and like I know my life has value and your life has value and this is just par for the course with depression. I know it's going to keep popping up, but if I keep talking about people and we keep having these candid conversations, it won't feel so taboo. But I mean, sitting there and I'm just like, what is going on? And then I went into work thinking I was okay. And then I was not okay. I made it through the night. I'm just like, what the heck? But I I keep fighting. I, I keep working through it. And there's a lot more work to be done on myself Um, but I just think it's time for me to be transparent, especially because I feel like a lot of people see me as this very happy, bubbly, positive person, which I am because I choose not to be a bitter, negative person anymore. But I mean, there's just so much underneath that I want people to know about me. (laughs) I know these podcasts are going to be all over the place. Like, obviously, I'm sorry if... (laughs) If these don't make any sense to you, this is just somewhere for me to start vocalizing things. But my, my main my main point of this first podcast was to, sh- to share that <laughs> this stuff's serious and depression does kill. It, I almost took my life because of it three times at three different stages of my life. And a lot of it is because I'm not working through my, my own past trauma. And that's why I'm making out of it now. I, I, I got I to gotta talk. I, I got to get this stuff out. And I got to work through it. And I think it's the only way that's going to help me. Um, but, yeah. So, this one just kind of a introductory. Kind of brought up my dad, my stepdad, step-siblings. Working since I was 15 and younger just to make some money. Putting my identity in different things. Um, eating disorder. I mean, I, I've got very different things I'll be talking about more specifically regarding that as we go forward. I just kind of want to give you a, a big, big overview of what the next episodes will kind of look like. <laughs> if you've made it this far, I applaud you for listening and thank you so much. And I promise to, to be going deeper and to be talking more specifically about things. I this is a big step for me just to bring any of this up in general, but I will be going deeper on stuff and keeping it more concise as we go forward. All right. Thank you for tuning in.